Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to a yet another episode of Radio Hotlap. Here we are in the Manawatu Valley, is that right? Manawatu Plains. Manawatu Plains, there's always someone late, episode 16 in New Zealand. We've uh, come over from the high alpine area of Mount Buller last weekend where we did episode 15.5 at the Sprint um, with a whole bunch of crazy, crazy guys from Pikes Peak and here we are with the V8 Utes and a few interesting people. So starting off on my left, I've got uh, young James Harrigan. Hey, you Good mate. Uh, second in the uh, Lotus Trophy Series last year, and you've joined the Coopers team this weekend. Yeah, it's been a really good opportunity. Um, I'm really happy to be given this opportunity. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do this year as yet, having a few financial constraints, which have really sort of, I don't know, put the brakes on a few offers that I had with uh, Development Series teams. But I don't know, hopefully I can sort of secure something secure something soon. I'm sure you will. The people on the left of me, right of me, have got bags of money and they're just uh, ready to give it out. Ash Cairns. Are you talking about Macker or are you talking about me? I'm talking about you, Ash. You've got truckloads of money. I thought his name was Cash Cairns. Where was Macker's money? Next to Ash, we've got uh, Ian Macker McAllister, boss of the Coopers team. How are you? Good, mate. And uh, we've got a famous ex-superbike racer, uh, Aaron Slight. How is it? Yeah. Good, mate. And you're uh, teaming up with um, Crazy Marcus. Marcus. Yep. How's it been so far in the year? Ah, oh, it's been really good. Yeah, I went over actually to Australia and, and I went to a birthday party and um, on the way there Marcus said, oh, can you stop off for a test? So I did about 10 laps at Calder um, and everything was cool and then go out here and yeah, I'm getting into it. You're not really a stranger to car racing because you've been doing a bit of British touring car stuff over in, uh, in Britain, obviously. And uh, <laughs> funny that, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, mate, uh, tell us about uh, tell us yeah, about that transition to cars. Yeah, it's it's not as as easy as everybody thinks. And like I did do the um, British Touring Car, but I only did ten races. So that's my career: ten races in the British Touring Car. And I did two races in the Porsche. So really lucky to have some really good drives. Um, but yeah, I've still got to rush off on on very basic skills, which you don't learn when you ride a motorbike. You know, the old hill tail and all that sort of stuff. You know, it goes out the window when you don't have to use it. Um, and I haven't been doing much driving at all, so it's always good to get back in a car. Macca, you haven't been doing much driving? Oh, gee, I'm just about worn out. I followed Aaron today actually for a while and uh, I thought he was doing okay. I could give you a few tips I suppose mate, but us big fellas are going to keep it all to ourselves until oh, Sunday night, so once yeah. Sunday night I'll give you all the tips you ever needed to carry on with. <laughs> You'll be joining the team for the rest of the year now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ash, you were meant to be driving, but um, mate, you've done yourself a mischief. Yeah, the impression would be I was actually busting my guts to drive, and I actually did bust my guts, so I ruptured my appendix, and um, they had to cut me open and stitch me up, and um, I reckon I'm pretty right to drive actually, but unfortunately the women in my life, namely my wife, my mother and my doctor, are telling me that I shouldn't, so Macca and I snuck McGarry out the other night and I've got it in the back of the Land Cruiser, but I think that's probably about as far as it'll go. Just for the viewers, here we are in the uh, new corporate facility at Manfield. Uh, 
near Palmerston North in the southern central part of the North Island of New Zealand. Southern uh, Central? Southern Central. Yeah, southern Central. You know, the press releases were coming to me, um, Manfield, and I went, those crazy New Zealanders, they just can't spell field right, so I kept changing it back the other way around until I saw the logo <laughs> and I went, oh, dickhead. <laughs> Figured out, I suppose, uh, that man must be Manawatu, as in the Manawatu Car yeah. Club, and field as in Fielding, the local town. It was named after a guy called Fielding. That's why the name is spelled like his name, not like Field. Alan Fielding. Uh, you're a bit of a local legend. Well, there you go. Cleared it up. Absolutely. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, thought that was the, I thought that's how they pronounced it. Yeah, they, so called me, they called me Mika. So Mika. 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 Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Like you're a creation boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it is. Mika. Mika yeah. Hekkanen. You think they called you Mika Hekkanen? I reckon by son and I'll understand you, Derek. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm still working on it. <laughs> We were around at my place the other night, Mac had Fosh for tea with us. Fosh! Fosh! Sucks bits of toast. <laughs> well, I had a bit of, bit of problem with the airline. I had to, uh, my, my big pet, had to big go pick. to the baggage chucking. <laughs> so it wouldn't let me take it on board. Anyway, I uh, converted to Islam yesterday and had a burger at Mecca's. <laughs> Very good. Did you like that? Yeah, in that one. I have actually. <laughs> So we're here for the V8 Ute International. Uh, it's the first time the V8 Utes have gone offshore. We've talked about it on the show a fair few times. And uh, it's really come to fruition. The weather's nice. Um, it's pretty green and pretty out there. A lot uh, prettier than uh, where you live, Macca. The dryers are, yeah. dryers are I don't want to say. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, at, we're at the end of a, of a nearly six year drought at the moment. It was even pleasant to fly in and see the green things underneath. It's quite unusual. So uh, yeah, it's lovely to be here. And, you know, they treated us to a bit of rain overnight, a bit of steady raining. I was, I was out at Rashes last night in his spare bedroom listening to the rain tumble down. It was quite unusual. So not only can they can't speak, it rains all the bloody time. <laughs> we were walking around home and the air conditioner's going, Mac has got his coat on. <laughs> so what's the plan for the weekend, boys? James? Uh, top 10 would be fantastic. Uh, never driven here before and this is the first time I've actually driven the Ute. So I'm not hoping to to really get into my podium position but it would be good but yeah at the moment I'm situated sort of about midfield which is which is where I expected to be on the tyres that I'm running so I think with new tyres and a little bit more every, every time I go out I'm going faster I'm going faster so yeah with a bit more experience in the car and, and new tyres I think I should hopefully get up into the top 10. Okay. How you guys? Well I'll get these Kiwis and build them that's the idea isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You're already stitching Ash up for a free run, right? Listen, if I'd had good tyres on just a while, I'd give this little fellow on my rider coning down there. He got round me and thought, I'd run up the back of him just to give him a thrill, but I couldn't catch him. Yeah, I, could have been, I think you've got a local knowledge and knowledge track there. Yeah. I can't believe some of the guys' lines out there. Yeah, it's a bit hard because we're all we're actually yeah. using tyres, old tyres we could gather up from last year and just throw them on there. Yeah. I'm saving you know, all our new tyres for tomorrow because, uh, you know, we, we, it's the first one we've been able to use our tyre store because every meeting you're supposed to use two new tyres and two previously marked tyres to qualify. Yep. And of course, the competition being what it is, you have to have your best tyres on when you qualify and you tend to leave any old tyres at home. So we had quite a tyre store there, but I don't think any of them were any bloody good at all after you went past me today. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there was a flat spot in nearly every one of my tyres and then there was a few canvas spots on some of them as the well. So they weren't the best. Yeah. I couldn't believe that this morning going down the uh, middle straight there. Yeah, I had a lock up in the rain and um, I got my foot off the brake and I got my foot almost to the lap. The thing's still locked up. The mark says to me, 
Yeah, you're trying to yeah, kill you need the, to dry it. You kill the slide, you try and flick it so you kill the slide on it, which is good. Once yeah. the wheels start turning in, you get traction straight away, which is really The wheel stays light. Don't let your feet come off the stick slide. Yeah, and I'm like I say, the foot's sort of curling up around on the lap. As soon as you can move it though, it'll, it'll yeah. roll again and the car will just go boom and turn straight away, which is really unusual, but yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. I, I come from a car where we use ABS. The, the Lotuses I raced last year were ABS, so you oh. come and you just slam your foot through yeah. the floor, you push it as hard as possible and the car just stops straight, perfectly yeah. straight every time. Because the thing so is you don't realise, these things are nearly two tonne. Yeah. Yeah, and they so do take some stopping you know, because when you get a flat spot on the tyre, there's quite a bit of pressure on that tyre with all the weight over the front, and they do lock up. It's a, yeah. I don't think I've ever driven a car that does that. Yeah, before. no, I haven't. Yeah. Like, um, have no brake pressure. Yeah. You're like the initial brake pressure is nothing. And I've never driven. Every time I get in the car with the telemetry, and that guy's going, more brake pressure. You know, get on the brakes. I'm like, these you can't. It's amazing. Well, I love it if you pop the bonnet and you have actually have a look at the compliance page. It actually says commercial vehicle on there, so you've got a pretty good indication of what it's meant to be doing. It's a truck, it's meant to go through. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when you think about it, these cars are four years old now, and for what they've done, they're just an amazing car. Mm, definitely. And they're pretty quick, they handle just about as, as well as a car does of the same elk. Yeah. And, you know, we've developed them over the four years, and they're getting better and better. I'm really looking forward to stepping into the new one. I've been involved in, you know, some of the technical stuff on the new one, and... Uh, what we've learned here, we've transposed and improved, and it's looking very, very good. They're going to be a great car to drive. So, yeah. And that's the thing that everybody keeps asking me, it's a U. So they're tailing? It's like they're not. They're, they're not really, tailing, they're yeah. quite neutral. They, they're a cool thing. And you, yeah. well, they've got to be tailing, you've got to wait in the back. You don't. Did you think it was going to be a bit of a shit box? And it's not too well, bad? after you take your XR off the back, you know, you have, have to have a motorbike on the back for traction. But yeah. it's fine, <laughs> you know, you don't have to tie down tight at all. Yeah. That's Everyone says, What's, what are you carrying in the back, a bag of cement or whatever? Yeah. That's a common question, you know, in new racing. But actually, I think we've developed them so far that and because they're so heavy, they do handle quite well. And yeah. There's not a lot of difference between a car and a ute now. And you look at a car, I mean, all you've got in a car is a back seat and a back window, that's probably extra weight anyway. It's not really yeah. that much when you start look, picking holes and things. So and it's still big. about a 60-40 split, I think, yeah. in the weight, front yeah. and back, so it's quite good. The, uh, the new utes are coming online soon, uh, well actually before we uh, get on to that we just better quickly go through the beers we're drinking this afternoon and uh, James and Macra and I as usual uh, made true to form we're having our Cooper's Pale Ale. Cooper's Pale Ale. Uh, what are you having Ash? A beer around here must be Ash. Beer around here, yeah. No, what are you having right here. now I mean? What are you drinking right at this minute? Yeah. Hand uh, wine. <laughs> <laughs> what are you having Aaron? I'm a Tui, yeah, beer yeah. around here. Yeah, right. T-U-I viewers, isn't it? T-U-I. T-U-I. And I've, I think just on the other side of the Manawatu Gorge, there's a brewery, brewery there yeah, on the way to up. Wood something or other. Woodville. Woodville. That's where I grew up. I'm still there. Used to work in the brewery during my Christmas holidays. So I got to be so tall. <laughs> there you go. I, uh, I know the area quite well actually because I've got a sister who lives in Wanganui. Okay. And I uh, know oh you've looked at me bad. I'm coming back. <laughs> so um, you know I'm making a trip over here every now and then. Yeah, the new yets are coming online. Um, they're. Uh, due to sort of hit the track on the 1st of June, is that right Macca, or, or all of them anyway? Oh no, we'll have them eclipsed or they'll be there. I'll, I'll be surprised if there's any of these old units at Eclipsal. Is that right? The way it's coming out. Oh, Les, Les Small's building them and the pressure's right on him to get them there. And to his credit he's got this fantastic assembly line happening and uh, he's been keeping all of us guys in touch you know, through with emails and photos and, and 
let me tell you, I, I'm very, very impressed. And uh, one of the critics was uh, Mick Zekanovic. Mick said, uh, I want to have a second-hand one. I'm a wrecker and I can buy a second-hand one and build it myself. And he said, Mick, sorry you can't, but that's the way it is. And uh, Mick went over and had a look the other day and he couldn't wait to ring me. And he stuck. He was stuck there for four hours. He rang me and said, mate, mate, you've got to see these years. He said, they're fantastic. He said, Crikey's doing a good job. It's just really, really good. So that's great. the way we went from there and... Uh, Les is getting a bit anxious now. We, we've still got tenders out for suspensions and brakes and stuff. And um, I don't know whether people know, but I'm actually a director on the board of VAUD, so I'm in the middle of this. Well, thing. I know now, and I knew you'd bring that up. Well, I just thought you should have. Come on, you're oh, the interviewer. Wake up. I can't give you that. You know, you've been cutting me down on the pricing. And uh, so I've been involved in this all, and I actually supply the youth. I'm, I'm a Ford dealer in Young in New South Wales. It's a free plug if you need a new Oh, car. yeah, you know, you can plug. It's, yeah. m- it's mccallistermatters.com.au. You don't muck around, get on there. It's a pretty uh, shitty um, website, though. <laughs> 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 they build it. Somebody had built it. And, uh, yes, but we, so we, we had the youths at home for the first couple of weeks, and then we sent them down to Les, and then we sent the second batch over last week. So they're all, all there now. And there's only two people who haven't ordered them, so uh, it's looking really good. And, and if the production line works as it should, we'll be all there with new utes and clips on. Were the, um, the, the current utes, were they built in a, like by one specific um, engineering house? Yeah, or they, were they sort in, of be built piecemeal? No, no, they were built in Brisbane by a guy named Wayne Park, and I was involved in that as well, and Wayne did a great job. Uh, I always remember a funny story, because I went up to get my new ute way back then and uh, flew up and... Charlie Kovacs, first time I'd ever met him, he was there. And uh, I went out to the factory and, and uh, they'd been there a couple of days, these guys, Charlie and a mate of his from down in Adelaide. And uh, Parky said, do you know this black? And I said, well, no, I've heard of him, but I don't know him. I know he used to drive NASCARs. He said, mate, don't get in the car with him. He's a bloody lunatic. He said, we all have to be lunatics for me to do this stuff. And he said, I'm telling you, we were driving his car up the road round and round about. I thought he was going to kill me. He said, don't you get in with him. Anyway, that was fine, and my ute was ready the next day, and I went to get in it, and they built the cage, they built the cage to, uh, for a common size, and I couldn't fit in the thing. <laughs> so they all looked at each other, geez, what do we do now? And they panicked like hell, and we got the guy who built the cages and said, gee, I don't know what to do here. So he decided overnight we should reverse the laterals. You have to have a degree of angle at 45 degrees to the floor to stop the roof caving in if you tip it over. So they decided to do something unusual, bring them forward from the back, from the back hoop down to the floor. And of course he nicknamed it Big Boy One Cage. So in the end we had three of those built, very comfortable, lots of room in them. And that was one criteria we had to give Les, when you build these cars, the cages have to be big. Because when we do sponsor rides like today, you get some, you know, some bigger people, shall we say. They can't fit in. So the viewers will be thankful that we don't do a video version. That's right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> trying to fit something. You know, you get, you get a big 18 stone man trying to get him in a left hand side seat that's designed for Aaron Slide, who's like <coughs> 16. <laughs> So you can see the fear all over their face, they're perspiring, they're wrapped in someone's suit, they're bulging out everywhere and you're trying to stuff them in this little seat in amongst all this steel. It's quite a thrill, I'd imagine, just getting in the car. <laughs> We've had two people too tall to get into the Lotus, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, just not even be able to get in. They can get their legs in and then, no, nah, that's it. So, yeah, well, with these cars, they have to be FIA. If we keep doing this New Zealand tour, they have to be FIA, which is an international standard. So built to a pretty specific standard, they have to be very good. So, you know, to make, to blow them out so we can do passenger rides, it's a technical 
wizardry to do it all, and Les has done a great job so far. Mate, I, um, I do know Wayne Park, and I gave him a bit of a hurry up on the weekend because uh, we beat him in uh, last weekend in the Mount Buller Sprint. Uh, he came fourth in his GD40 with Rob Sherrard, and, and we, we come third. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so yeah. it's uh, not often that I get in the car, but uh, it was good a good fellow park. He is, yes, it's good fun, and uh, they were good at losing. Yeah. <laughs> 22 years ago, you rode a Yamaha 250 around here, Aaron, and it probably yeah. been, what, an RD250, was it? No, it was uh, RZ. RZ, or yeah. the YPVS, I remember yeah. those at a road, roadie myself. Yeah, sit on a few laps here. That'll be Wayne. <laughs> Get off. <laughs> Turn that off, Maka. Yeah, come on, tell us. Yeah, no, it was my first road race, and uh, first road races here at Manfield. It was my local track, mm -hmm. and you live you know, an hour and a quarter away. Um, so you've done a lot of laps here, done many six hours, won a couple of six hours here. You've won, uh, you've won some longer races than that, uh, three times in fact uh, in a row, the Suzuka 8 hour. Yeah, yep. Right, uh, that's, a, that's a no mean feat. It is actually pretty hard, it's, uh, you know, people don't realise how hard it is to ride a motorbike, you don't just sit on the thing and you do team up, and you do an hour each, um, but it's usually about 36 degrees over there in Japan and um, the humidity is about 90%. So you, you know, you've got to, when you put a set of leathers on, you, you jump on this 100, um, you know, 100 degree heater and ride around for an hour. Um, so it's, it's pretty hard work. And um, at, the end of the, at the end of the eight hour race, it's, you know, it's quite amazing how much it takes out of you. We actually have intravenous drips going to you when you jump off the bike and swap over your teammate to get the fluids back up and things like that. There uh, being a, uh, a Japanese round, it would uh, have a lot of crazy Japanese that just turn up just for that race, I'd imagine. Yeah, not only that, the bosses, you know, when, you, when I signed my, well, we used to sign my Honda contract, um, the first thing in there is um, Suzuka 8 hour, then the World Superbike Championship was Nixon, you know, so that's that's priority, so it was it was really good to win those three ra races, yeah. And even, you know, the, the GP guys, even McDoan's contract at the time had the 8 hour in it, so it was very, yeah, it was a, bit, a well thought after by the bosses. Uh, Wayne Gardner seems to be a bit of a household name over in uh, in Japan. Did that sort of same thing happen for you? I suppose at the time we were running there, I, I mean, I, had, I used to go to Japan eight times a year. So yes. you did do a lot of racing there and a lot of testing there and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people knew you because the 8 hour attracted like 300,000 people over the weekend. So there's a bit of an audience. Yeah. It's a I'm pretty good. Going to get a drip from Mecca tomorrow. Well, there'll, be, there'll be two in the car. The then. Yeah. Is that because of your 300,000 people here tomorrow? A bit of intravenous keepers in Yeah, you do the marketing figures for Revesco as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, it's good to see that, uh, that, that supercars have, uh, true to form, been a feeder category and that Simon Wills and uh, Jason Richards have, have, have come up to Utes. Who are supercars? Super, it's just V8 Super Championship they said last night. Oh, that's not oh Tony, it's okay. It's actually Tony. <laughs> One of those Kiwi wood ducks you were talking about. Well, isn't that, uh, that's Tony's new transporter there. How's that? Tell you. Now, but, uh, that, that magazine I've been looking at, the Rob Report, it's, uh, it's definitely um, a magazine you want to have hanging around. Uh, makes you look like a billionaire. Um, so uh, just yeah, pick up the latest one. So, um, hey, tell us a bit of some local gossip. The local gossip? Yes. Hmm. Terry Mac has been... Um... Don't go out in Palmerston North on a Wednesday night. No. Oh, we did. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Oh, Mark, 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 Mark has made a goose, a goose of himself. Yeah, really? Oh, sort of. Uh, that's yeah. like gossip, yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you don't meet on Wednesday mornings, do you? No, 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 no. no. Wednesday night, we all, uh, Aaron and Marcus and Mick and I, we went out for um, quite a nice little meal. 
Um, but um, well, it's probably just went a little bit too far with the waitress. He's trying to, aren't <laughs> But last night was good, geez. We had a, um, a pretty good night there at the um, Murphy's Irish Bar. Some very friendly natives. And it was, it was a bit of a laugh. Well, I thought it was a funny place to have a trivia night. Irishmen are always trivial, I suppose. But <laughs> I thought it was one of the best uh, best trivia nights I've been to. But every question was a New Zealand sort of question, so really didn't stand a chance. I had to cheat. I was looking over the top at, down at uh, these two girls and uh, getting the. <laughs> well, I, I, did, I wasn't actually looking at that, and then I suddenly realised what I was doing, and so did they. <laughs> so anyway, it was, well, there's, a, there's a few photos. What's all this stuff, mate? Uh, what's all this language barrier? Yeah, I see that. It's, um, Australians don't obviously try to have a bit of trouble understanding what we're Kerry doing. Picker. Kerry Picker, yeah. <laughs> He's at it. Cairns. 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 Yeah, that's right. Cairns, yeah. yeah. I've got a rubbish company called Cairns Bins. And, um, got yeah. a website? What's your website, mate? We better give it a plug. www.cairnsbins.co.nz If you need a rubbish bin. Pretty impressive because I went home to Ashley's place for the first time the other it's night. Well, yeah, it's a dump. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, "Welcome, Mika. This is the house that rubbish built." <laughs> you know what the greatest thing is about rubbish? They make new stuff every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of those businesses, no one wants to do, and there's plenty of money in it, I reckon. Uh, James, what was I going yes. to say? Yeah, you, you put a new website up for yourself just recently, didn't you? Yeah, jamesharriganmotorsport.com. So what's the plan for the year? Well, as Get I said before, the stay well, I don't even know what I'm going to be oh. racing this year. So um, I'd like to race the Lotus again, but the price has significantly gone up. Oh, is that right? Um, so I don't know about that. I'd, a ute would be fantastic. Um, but then there's other options in the, the performance production class. And... Uh, yeah, I know. I, I did have a. I'll probably do a few, a few more uh, V8 supercar test drives this year um, with Paul Morris and Smith Trucks, and hopefully maybe get a few, few other drives with some other people. But yeah, as I said before, I haven't really secured anything as yet. But how does that uh, Lotus Trophy series work? You know, when you sort of you, know, you win the deal, and, and then you get promised a supercar drive, and then you go, oh, sorry, you can't have it. How does that uh, work? You know, <laughs> yeah. like for Damien French. Yeah, uh, he, he it, that uh, wasn't. Um, the deal this year was the deal the year before uh, and as an offset of that because their V8 supercar was not in a, an 100% tip-top racing right. form, um, Damien actually chose not to race it and, and to get it another year in the Lotus Trophy. Yes. Um, Which he went with my crazy mate Greg Russell. Yes. In the GRA Lotus and, and uh, came out on top. It was yeah. a tight battle but you were, you were on his tail. I was, I was actually winning until the last race. Yeah, you did get unlucky, <laughs> did get unlucky down there in, uh, in Tassie, didn't you? No, yeah, everything that could go wrong did go wrong in the last round. So, But that's it, that's racing. And uh, he had some fantastic results through the year, so that was congratulations to him. But, yeah, nah, I'm not really sure. There's a lot of things which go on in that series which are not exactly perfect. But it, saying that, it was a great opportunity for me to race that. So. There were three lotuses uh, which were punted around up the Mount Buller Hill last week. One went right off the cliff and <laughs> destroyed itself, and uh, Mayer Algardri went off as well, and on top of each other there. So there's a couple less. Dean Evans was very, very quick up the mountain, oh, really? and he has, uh, he, mate, he never braked anywhere. <laughs> he just kept no. it flat. No, it was, it was pretty good to watch. And of all the cars there, it was the, probably they had the highest corner speed of anything else. A couple of, uh, couple of Lamborghini Gallardos as well. And, uh, what an ice cream car. Stokel wrote one of those off at the Target Tasmania, didn't he? 
Oh, you break a lot of things in Targa. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he stuck one in. Might have been in Gallardo, might have been the year before. Yeah. yeah. There's a few people breaking things. Mick's broken some stuff down there, hasn't he? Broke a Merc. Yeah. An AMG. Totaled it. Why would you drive an automatic Merc down to Targa? Well, I think you're giving it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you drove it. It was good, yeah, too. Yeah, true. What's no that thing you see? No, there was no utes there. That um, Charlie had ended, but... There was uh, a ute here in the New Zealand target. Oh, right. It got through to about stage five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Out go of 40. Down, <laughs> down the road, yeah. What, did it go off or break itself? Upside down, yeah. Hit a tree, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it went, went off. It went hit a tree, yeah. You do need to uh, you do need to drive for the, to the end of that. I'm supposedly meant to be doing Targa that was with the, uh, the summer, but I'm a bit I'm a bit worried. That was the plan <laughs> that we had with the old Utes. We all thought we could make them into Targa cars, which would be yeah. exceptional because you got the basis of a very good car there. And, uh, you don't need to carry a lot of spares. Yeah, that's what I need the support crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll go off. You can have a line in the back. Yeah, that's what we do now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you, you've you've turned your hand to to super motard, and I think that's that, that's a bit of a love for me because you know I'm an old dirt bike guy, and I sort of I like the tar stuff as well for, for cars. So I suppose you can put the two together. It's like rallycross for bikes, isn't it? Yeah, it is exactly like rallycross for bikes, and it's no bit of formula, I reckon, and especially first old fellas now. You know, getting on in, in bike world, you just you know you don't want to go purely road racing. It's a bit fast for us these days, and and do a bit of trail bike as well. So the the crossover with the with a dirt and tail on the same bike is awesome. So uh, how's, how do you get the, set the bikes up to get into a corner there? I, I, the way I've been watching them out at Homebush Stadium is they seem like they're coming in pretty hard and then tapping the gears down, like almost lower than it needs to be just to get the brake, back to brake out or you're touching the rear brake as well. No, it's all just banging it down the gears and these new bikes now got slipper clutches. So right. when you, as soon as you let the clutch out, it, it actually doesn't brake. So the, the rear wants to go on when you brake on the front, so the rear wheel wants to keep going forward. Yep. So it tries to pass the front. Yep. So that sort of sits up for the corner. And yeah. it's, it's, it is fast for some corners, in other corners it's not so fast. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular, some of the stuff I've seen that the Europeans are doing. I think it came out of France, didn't it? Um, the Americans are claiming it. They, oh, they, they tried, um, they called it super bikers years ago, and they used to run the ABC TV, used to do a thing at the end of the year, and people like Kenny Roberts used to ride it against people like Jeff Ward motocrosses, they used to come together and, and do this big one-off TV event. Yep. Uh, but then, yeah, it's been big in France, big in Europe for 15 years now. So do you think you'll, uh, you'll kick going with it? Um, just you're waiting for a day to kick start, you know, it's just, it's just not, there, there isn't a, um, a championship in New Zealand as such, there's just one-off races, so it needs more organisation really, it needs a promoter to take it, you know, even motorcycle in New Zealand should get behind it and do it, because there's a lot of guys out there with bikes and, you know, you don't need a motocross bike and chuck a set of wheels in your way. I think the, uh, the, the 16 Juro's coming here this year. Yeah, I think it's November in Taupo. Taupo, oh yeah, no, that's a good event to come to, just from a social point of view. Yeah. I think you might have a go. I oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I used to, when I was in Europe, um, Stephen Evitz, the, the world motocross champion, nine times world champion, yep. he, he, he said he was going to come out and have a, have a shot at it, so hopefully he'll come out and be able to follow him around doing that. Yeah, I think the, uh, what is it, Stephen Merriman's like the, on, on, on top of the world with that now, and it's funny yeah. how I think it came what, 10 years ago, it was uh, 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 Peter Hassel, who was, uh, was on top, who's now gone to Paris Dakar, and it's, uh, all, all these people that come out of bikes, they always, do, always go pretty good in cars. I think that's yeah, well, uh, I think people think the perception of driving a car after riding a motorbike should be easy, and it's not that easy. You've got you've got to take about five backward steps and be willing to learn, because you just can't rush into it. Like you, you feel a bit bulletproof in a car to ride a motorbike, and rushing in the corner doesn't actually give you any speed. Yep. Um, so you've got to take you know a few backward steps and then and, and learn all over again. And um, every time I'm out, I'm out there, I'm just saying, 
saying to myself, turn in later, turn in later, turn in later, because on a bike you just go for the apex, mm. and you, you trail a brake all the way to the apex. In a car, you trail a brake, all these cars trail a brake, you lock a wheel, and you've got to turn in late, you've got to get off the brakes and turn it in. So it's, it is completely different, and, and the tracks look different. You might know the track, but you're on a way different line than you are on a motorbike. You don't see many people going from cars to bikes. It's always from bikes to cars. <laughs> that's that's right. that yeah, Mac and I are going to go. Budget go like, yeah, yeah. Funny, that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get a tandem bike. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I've actually seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like uh, things are getting serious there for Valentino Rossi and, uh, and Ferrari. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know all about all that stuff. You know, just marketing, you think? I don't think it's marketing. I mean, why would you, um, a guy makes, I don't know, $20 million a year? Um, and obviously he doesn't know anything about cars, he can drive one fairly good, he's had done some tests, but um, for him to be an F1 driver, he has to be a tester first, and if the guy can't, doesn't know anything about cars, how can he test them? So why would you pay a guy $20 million who doesn't know anything about cars to go and test your cars to then become a racer? You, know, you, you sort of pay him three years' wages without getting anything out of them. So that'd be nice to see, but I don't know if it, yeah, it so, can happen. So basically what you're saying is that you can't drive a car at all, but it's all marketing. Um, he can drive, apparently the laptops aren't too bad, but um, he wouldn't know what he was doing with it, you know, it's an F1 car. I think an F1 car is probably easier to drive than a Ute. You get it. I would imagine what you could fit in the bloody thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got traction control and you've got this, you've got that, you've got wings, you, you laugh, everybody breaks the 100 metre marks, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why yeah, the, the Ute's got great marketing, Macca, because yeah. it's just, it's sort of, it masks all the problems the drivers have got. I think. When you talk about marketing and using Valentino Rossi, Rossi to market things would be excellent because really what this is all about, what motor racing started as was to market cars and mm. market motorbikes, that's what it's all about. And if you can get your brand up in front, that's what they do. So I guess if you put Valentino Rossi in a ute, which yeah. maybe sell some more utes, I don't know. But um, I, I can see the sense in putting, them, putting him in a Ferrari, I think that would be marvellous, especially if he could be successful, how good would that be? Yeah, I think, but I think the advertising is coming now. Yeah. And all the speculation, you know, I don't know if it actually ever happened. Yeah, the marketing's now. Exactly. Yeah, oh, well, even now, just you know, to get him to endorse anything, yeah. you know, that's it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But um, in saying that, it's funny that um, Yamaha have dropped all these sponsors this year, and they're, they're thinking about running a Yamaha Colors. Really? So, you know, Valentino and all that marketing he's got, he's got no sponsor on his bike. Gee. So, you know, how does that work out? Wasn't he running camel sponsorship? Give him a test. 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 Give <laughs> oh, I remember that. that was, can't he, that was can't he just retire like the rest of us? Like, she's give us a break. I, I remember that. That one day he did that wheelie along the, across the line, it. just like that. And yeah, just, and it was said he did it on purpose. Oh, great! <laughs> he's got funny eyes, hasn't he? He's a weird blog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that idiot, first yeah. viewers. <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, you've got Sangyong on the car, so uh, there must be some truth in that uh, marketing. Well, yeah, I suppose that's what I do all my life is market. Yeah, pretty interesting. I rang uh, Glenn a couple of weeks ago and I said, mate, we're going to New Zealand. We're going to take them as Cooper's Utes. Uh, what do you think about it? He said, oh, well, I can't make enough beer in Australia to supply over here, so I don't think it's going to help much if we go to New Zealand and do it. I said, oh, well, I'll take them over there. We're probably going to leave the old Utes over there. And then I went to a new Sanyong release a couple of days later and uh, the New Zealanders were over there and Russell Burling owns Sanyong, the, the license to import Sanyongs and he said, what are you doing with the Utes? And I told him, well, Glenn's not that keen on us pushing Coopers over here, so 
we're just going to go over and have a run around and see how we go. And uh, he said, well, 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 I'm into a bit of motorsport. I wouldn't mind. Uh, he's into it, right? Yeah, Russell, he's, yeah, he's big with the motorbikes. Yeah. I don't know that. And I wouldn't mind, you know, having a go. And he offered me, you know, a little bit of money. And I thought to myself, well, it's hardly worth changing the sign writing for that. And didn't think much more about it. And he rang me last week and he said, well, well, and if you know Russell, he's very excited. <laughs> well, well, what's happening? What's happening? We've got to get going. Yeah. So, mate, well, you know, it's not quite enough money to do it. And we need a few more bucks to pay for some tyres, and that can help out. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. Now, I've got the sign writer teed up. We've got to do this, we've got to do that, we've got to do this. And it's been full on since. And actually, the cars were done yesterday. They look fantastic. They do. It kind of leads into what Cooper's was in there with the blue and the white and the green. And they say blue and green should never be seen, but I'll tell you what, they look pretty special. Yeah, they do. Well, look at the shirt you're wearing. It's blue and green. Yeah. See, it's destiny. It is destiny. As the uh, Sangyong uh, Ute cruises by uh, on the picturesque mm. Manfield circuit. Mind you, Mecca, Mecca couldn't hide in the camouflage shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking uh, the uh, all the people for media rides too, she. What, about 50 or 60 people are getting through there today? Yeah, That's no, we do. Well, we, uh, we were going to help, help out, but we've done a gearbox, so we've got two cars that <sighs> have gearboxes. It's the Achilles heel, isn't it? Yeah, the gearboxes really have left us. How many gearboxes did we do last year, mate? Well, we do an average of one a weekend in each car, so we carry two or three spare ones, and uh, <laughs> that's what I'm looking forward to, the new one. I think we could sort these boxes out by just spending a bit more money, but the hassle of getting it all redone through camps is too hard, and we've got the new one sitting up there with a big six-bird that's going to be fine anyway, but in this, if this series takes off in New Zealand, they'll have to probably do something with the boxes. An oil cooler would fix, fix the problem, that's the main problem, the oil's getting too hot. Yeah, well, they mentioned that before, and if it was <coughs> as simple as that, let's, hey, just do it for 200 bucks, it's fixed, isn't it? Yeah. But every time we break one, it's seven or 800 dollars at least, you know, not counting time, and, you know, it gets a bit boring after a while having a scratch around under one. Did you dissect up uh, from last year which, uh, which driver actually broke more boxes, yourself, uh, Jack, or the Great Dane? Um... I didn't say panel damage, I said gearbox. Put my hand over the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's my mate. Al's probably not listening. Al no, knows he's hard on gearboxes, but I'll tell you what, I've got to give him 10 points for trying. He's the only bloke I've ever seen that you can tell him, say, mate, you won't straight change one of these shoots. And he was determined to do it. He kept at it and at it. We kept fixing the gearboxes. And then he gave up. But he bent everything in them trying to do it. He wrecked everything in there in the box. God, he's, the a, he's a strong little poot, though. He <laughs> <laughs> he <goes> before. <laughs> but he was always quick. Very fast. He was, and uh, mate, it's interesting to go over to, to Autosport with him um, because uh, you go to the other side of the world and, boy, he knows some people over there because he haven't, haven't grown up with a lot of the, the current F1 drivers, so um, it, it, was a, it was a good little lesson. I've got to tell you, I started off last year thinking, you know, geez, Glenn, what have you done to me? Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mean to be derogative, but Europeans have got a, I think they're brought up in a completely different atmosphere to what we are, and everyone's very direct and straight. Yeah. And... Um, and anyway, he's uh, he was always very direct and straight, and he kind of take as a, as a type of arrogance. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, once I got to know him after a few weeks, and I found him to be a really, really nice fellow to speak to, and he's a great fellow to work with, and yeah. give you tremendous feedback on the cars and what they're doing. And uh, you know, I've got to say, I really enjoyed my year with him last year, despite you know we did have some yeah, we had a few dramas there, but you do that with anyone who's competitive. That's what happens. Mate, he, he was it was like a real fun to be to be with, and to go over there, he, he couldn't believe that I wanted to come to Denmark with him. And uh, you know, outside the racing car, he's, uh, in the industry, he's just he's a regular guy. Yeah, and, no, and, he's uh, top guy. I, I wish him well, and I know he'll do very well. 
he said, what do you want to do when you come over? I said, well, I'll just have a bit of a look around. He said, what do you want to look at bloody Hans Christian Andersen's house for a week or you want to go skiing somewhere? I went, all right, okay, we'll go skiing. <laughs> As it turns out, we just went to, we went to Copenhagen um, and, and ran into Princess Mary. True story. Yeah, no, he's in action, man. There's no doubt about it. Just excuse me for a sec, guys. Okay, we'll talk about we'll talk amongst ourselves because uh, Mac has got to disappear off, and we're going to wrap the sharp in a sec anyway, guys. But uh, just a little bit of supercar news, Tony. Uh, we'll just give you a bit of a plug there. That um, there's two of the main uh, teams that sort of got together, or rather, it looks like that Larkham uh, and the uh, the Orcon team has sold their licences back to Avesco, and um, he's uh, been brought on board to take care of the WPS. So, James, it's going to be interesting. James, yeah, yeah. Uh, Larko runs a really good shop. He was always struggling with budget. Um, Auckland were a fantastic sponsor to him. I, I know the Nash, uh, the state uh, marketing director for Auckland, and they were always really pleased. So I'd, I'd say it would be a WPS Auckland partnership. Um, but yeah, no, he they they always wanted to help him out as much as they could. Um, but he did always struggle uh, with with having a lesser budget to a lot of the other teams um, and still got reasonable results. So I think if he's given cars and, and a budget com- competitive like with all the other teams and comparable, I think he would go really well. Yeah, I think the uh, the operation will probably be uh, you know under yeah and under stronger care with with Mark Larkham and uh, on board, and I probably freeze Craig Gore up to to keep to his passion of the Champ Car series. That's right. So um, one of the guys who does the merchandise organising, the merchandise for the the, the V8 Utes, who's not here at the moment and has sort of relocated himself to, to Santa Monica at the moment, has just uh, scored himself a big merch deal with Champ Cars. So um, oh, okay. and I got a call from him yesterday. He said, look, mate, I've got, I've got a huge condo now with three bedrooms and you better come over for the Long Beach Grand Prix. So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a busy few weeks with the Clips of 500 followed by the Australian Grand Prix and then... Oh, it'll be tough, won't it? Yeah, <laughs> bet you don't, bet you don't miss all the time in planes, though, Aaron. No, not at all. Yeah, and um, coming back to New Zealand, it's been great. You know, I'm just cruising along, and you know, you get on a, a flight from uh, Wellington and, and touch down in Monaco, and it takes you 36 hours the time you do it. It's just, yeah. It's yeah, it doesn't fun. matter whether you're up the front or it not. Doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I, I know. Like when I came back the, a few weeks ago, like through Osaka, and oh, it's just five flights to get home. Yeah. And I was, I, I was, I was had it for three days. Yeah, you are, and you know all of these ear hostesses and that. I mean, they just, I think they try to make your life more miserable. You know, oh, mate, I not drank everything on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way to get to sleep. <laughs> and I had a wide chair too, but you know, I just can't eat more of those seaweed biscuits. Well, guys, I think it's about uh, that's about it. We've, we've lost Macca, but I'd like to say thanks for um, taking time to stop by and have a chat with Radio Hotlap. We might talk to you a bit more over the weekend, do some little chats for the website. Yeah, so, you. James, uh, wish you all the best for the weekend. Thanks a lot. And um, hope the year goes well. Yeah. Ash, I hope the uh, hope the, the injury gets better. I'm sure it will. And you, you might you might get in the car before the end of the weekend yeah, anyway. Yeah, we'll think about it. Yeah. We'll sort of up and down the road at home. It's good. Yeah, Scott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, um, all the cows up. Aaron, I hope you have a uh, have a have a great time too. And um, it'll be lots of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'll hope you'll stick around. Oh, before we uh, before we go, should, I just we should give a plug to that book you did. I know you said it was a few years out of date, but uh, tell 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 the viewers. Yeah, what, well, what after I finished in the year 2000, you know, I sat around for 2001 in Monaco. We were a bit bored, really. Mm. Um, my wife and I started writing a book, and of course, it's about my life. Um, and hers because she was involved in my racing career and um, then we got on uh, you know, hold of a ghost writer back here in New Zealand and, and put out a book and it's, it was called um, You Don't Know the Half of It mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, and it, so it went on sale back then. Not many copies left now, but uh, yeah, I think it was it was a, a good thing to do. You know, it was really good after your career to actually reflect on what you've done because when you're doing it, all you're doing is looking forward. You know, you have a good result, and then it's all about next weekend. Would you ever consider like turning it into an audio book and selling it like online through Apple or something like Apple's iTunes Music Store? I thought you were going to make it into a movie. Oh me! <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to buy the rights. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how you go yeah. this weekend. But no. uh, seriously, would you ever think about talking, turning it into a, an audio book? You know, like with with 50 million iPods around the world. You know, people wander around listening to books these days. Yeah, that's, that's a point. But you know, that you're, you're old news, aren't you? You're, you're there and you're doing it, and next thing you're gone. Yeah, it's four years ago and. You know? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think that's really the case. I think people who are you know, around the sport are happy to pick up a book of someone. You know, you know, ten years down the track. Yeah, you know, it's I, a I story. You know, and it's that, and it's the thing. You know, it, your stories uh, never grow old because uh, they're unique in their in their own right. And you know, I think it's the good thing about it. Yeah, and it, it'll be a story about tenacity and people. Um, you know, whether it's a business story or a sporting story. You know, it's about the challenges yeah. and the highs and lows that, that people go through to. To achieve their goal, and you know, I think a lot of people can get inspiration from those. So, so I would encourage you to give that a bit of thought. Uh, and um, mate, uh, I, I did a quick search on Google for you. I couldn't come up with a website. Did I get it wrong? Uh, for me, yes. No, I was going to say fuck websites. Oh, but you can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> oh, I've been, One yeah, little slip, viewers. Yeah, sorry about that. No websites. I mean, if, you, if you're not selling something, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to further my career or anything. Yeah, I had all that stuff and did all that. Yeah, you know, when I was trying to do something. Now I'm just having trying a bit of fun. So I don't need to be tied down to a website. There you go. Yeah, but I did find one myself the other day actually. If you go to Aaron's flight bash, Aaron dash flight, there's someone doing something in, the, in Ireland. On, on you? Yeah, I don't know who's doing it, what's happening, but it's there. Well, they've got to be cheaper than me then. Yeah, obviously. I remember the joke the other day, the boys put ash.com on the side of my cars. Is that right? And we looked it up and it was a porn site. Well, there's a funny story to, to one of those things because I've, you know, I've built the Clipsal 500 website for the last five years, but when I did it, I stressed to them, like, you do need to get Clipsal500.com online as well as comau because Clipsal500.com was a gay porn site. Mm. Out of Adelaide. Yeah, mine was a straight point site. None of the alternative stuff for me, you know. All right, guys, we'll have a great weekend. Uh, viewers, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. We'll uh, come back to you next week. If you've got any thoughts, any uh, bitches and moans, or uh, you know, money you want to send, radiohotlap.com. Click on whatever the button you want to and send us all the news. See you later. See you later.